What is up? I hope you're doing well today. I am Molly Cash, and today we're talking about guilt, which is something we're all familiar with. Most of my clients are moms, and mom guilt is its own special brand of guilt that just hangs around an awful lot. Guilt is something that I coach my clients on a lot. It just it just comes up a lot. And we feel guilty about so many things, just anything and everything. We feel guilty that we don't pay enough attention to our kids. But then we feel guilty if we pay too much attention to our kids. We feel guilty about the food we eat, the way we spend our time, how clean or messy our houses are, spending money or not spending money. And so many things that we don't do, right? We feel guilty about the gifts that we didn't give. The people we didn't call or help. We even feel guilty about thinking about things that we would feel guilty if we did. This is my uh, personal favorite, mom guilt specialty where we find ourselves unhappy and we feel guilty about feeling unhappy because we're so blessed and we have such a wonderful life and shouldn't we just be happy? And since we're not, obviously there must be something wrong with us or we must be ungrateful. And so we feel guilty for just feeling, for just being human, basically. It's kind of insane. It really has become a way of life for moms and others too. If you are not a mom, don't check out because I guarantee you experience guilt in your life. And what I have for you today applies to anybody. I'm just going to kind of reference moms a lot because I'm a mom and they seem to experience an inordinate, inordinate, what's that word? Too much guilt. All right. My mom has always said that moms run on guilt. And I think she's kind of right. But I always kind of hated that. I just think there's got to be a better way. Now, guilt can be useful. There's a reason that we have it. It exists to clue us in when something is off, when there's a disconnect between what we believe and what we do. Or a conflict between two values or beliefs that we hold. So it can be useful, but most of us hold on to it way too long. Way past its usefulness. And the problem with running on guilt, see that that implies that you're just bouncing from one thing to the next that you've done wrong, basically. Which, for starters, just sounds exhausting. Putting out fires, right? But my bigger problem with this is that the emotions we feel act as a sort of fuel for everything that we do. So it really is like what we're running on. It's our fuel or our motivator. The way that we're feeling motivates everything we do. So the problem with running on guilt and having guilt as your prime motivator is that it's not a good motivator. It leads to behaviors that are just 
not helpful. It leads to a lot of people pleasing. It leads to overcorrecting, sometimes being indulgent of others in a way that comes back to haunt you. It can lead to um, just not holding your boundaries, which is a form of, you know, not taking care of yourself. And not holding your boundaries is not doing favors to anybody else either. Not in the long run, at least. When you have a lack of boundaries or boundaries that you don't actually hold to that get trampled all the time, that becomes a breeding ground for resentment, which damages relationships over time. Having guilt as a motivator all the time leads to a huge drop in self-esteem and confidence. And let's be honest, it just feels awful. So let's appreciate guilt for what it is, for what it's good at, which is to bring something to our attention. What it's not good at is motivating us. So we want something different as our motivator. I like to think of guilt as a check engine light. When that light comes on, it can be kind of alarming, right? Oh no, something's wrong. And so it's a good idea when you see that light to get things checked out with the car, take it to the shop. But once you find out what's wrong with the car, what needs to be fixed, the check engine light is not needed anymore. My dad has one of those devices that will um, diagnose what is wrong with your car when the check engine light comes on. And he let me use it once, which was great because I didn't have to take my car in to find out what the problem was. And the problem was pretty simple and we fixed it without ever having to take it into the shop. But we weren't able to get the check engine light to turn off. And so then it was just on all the time, which is a problem. Because <laughs> when you're driving and that light is on, it's, it's in your face. It catches your attention. It's again, it's kind of alarming. And so you drive around thinking there's a problem. This is dangerous when really it's fine. But also, if you leave that light on long enough to get used to it and you just start ignoring it all the time, now we have a different issue because we could have a problem arise with the car that would normally turn on that light. But since it's already on and you are used to ignoring it, now you are not alerted to this situation. So with your car, you definitely want to turn off that check engine light once you've figured out the problem because it's no longer necessary and it's only going to become a potential danger or distraction moving forward. And I think the exact same thing is true of guilt. It is a signal. It alerts us, brings something to our attention. And once we have figured out what the issue is, the guilt has served its purpose. And we can turn off that light, dismiss the signal. We don't need it anymore. But if we keep it around, then we create this situation where we're always feeling panicked, where we're always feeling like something's wrong, we're in danger. Usually it kind of takes the form of I'm not good enough. 
And further, if we get so used to that, that that becomes our baseline, our normal, then we really can, I think, be desensitized and not really pick up on the signal when there is a real issue. If we're feeling guilty about our messy minivans or every single time we don't play with our kids when they want us to, we just create this climate of constant guilt that gets wrapped up into this overall ball of self-judgment and shame. And then we can miss things that matter a little more. Like when you're not there for your child at a time that it really means a lot to them. It becomes hard to tell the difference when it's all just one big overarching feeling of I'm just not good enough and I feel guilty all the time because of it. So we got to turn off that light. But how do we do it? Well, like I said, the guilt's job is to alert you to a situation that is in conflict. Sometimes it's that your behavior is out of alignment with your beliefs or your values. And other times it's that you have two values that are competing with each other. So the first kind is a little more simple. Um, and as an example, let's say I'm a person who really values making my own bread, but I've gotten busy and I've just started buying bread from the store every week. And I feel guilty because that's what we do. Now, if I were to take a look at this and say, okay, why am I feeling guilty? Because I value baking bread at home, but what I'm doing doesn't reflect that. What I'm doing is buying it from the store. So I've got a choice here. I can either change what I do, stop buying bread at the store, start baking it at home again, or I can change what I believe, as in loosen up my thinking that I should be baking bread. Or the third option is I compromise. I keep both things. I continue to value baking my own bread, but I also make allowances for myself. Like, hey, I'm really busy this week. I'm buying it from the store and that's okay. I prefer making it at home and right now I'm not going to. And is your friend here? As another example, I used to feel a lot of guilt over um, just not doing cool things that I saw other moms doing for their kids. Um, stuff like a traditional back to school dinner or, I don't know, holiday things that that weren't like essential holiday traditions, but just made it extra fun and cool. And I like to do that to some extent, but when I would see other moms being really good at it and doing stuff way cooler than what I could even think of, let alone pull off, I would feel guilty sometimes that I wasn't doing that because I was thinking moms should do that. So if we take this example and diagnose the check engine light, I can either do the things learn how to do it, figure it out, get on Pinterest, I guess. Or I can change the belief that moms should do that. Moms need to do that. And that's what I did. I decided 
that's great, but it's not necessary. It's not very important to me. And the guilt went away. I still like to do that stuff sometimes, but I don't feel that level of guilt when I don't, when I don't have the time or the desire to do it because I let go of that belief that mom should do this. This is an important thing for me to do. Now, for an example of the second kind of conflict, where it's a conflict between two values or two beliefs, my husband used to work pretty late and he would go in pretty late in the morning too. And so he was just kind of, he just was kind of up late all the time and it was okay for him because he could sleep in. I, meanwhile, would get up earlier with our kids. And so I wanted to be on a little bit earlier schedule. It wasn't too far off, but he'd come home from work at 10 or 11 and want to like unwind and do something fun and kind of have an evening still. And for me, that was the time when I was like, I better get to bed or I'm going to be a zombie in the morning. But he would want to like watch a movie or something. So I had this choice to make often. Do I stay up and watch a movie with him or do I go to bed? And either way, I felt guilty because if I stayed up and watched the movie, then I felt guilty that I wasn't getting the sleep I needed. And then I'd be tired the next day and then I'd feel guilty for being a tired mom, basically having less energy for my kids. And if I went to bed early, then I felt guilty that I wasn't spending time with my husband because really it was one of the only times that we could spend together. So I just couldn't win, right? And I just felt guilty all the time, either way. So that's an example of two competing values. I valued getting enough sleep and I valued spending time with him. So if I could go back to my younger self and teach her about how to let go of mom guilt, we would look at that and break it down. And remember, our three options are to change your behavior or change your belief or to compromise. Now, changing my behavior in that situation wouldn't really work because either choice I made violated one or the other of the values. So we don't want option one. Option two is to change what you believe. Well, I could decide to not value one of those things but they actually were both pretty important to me. So we don't want option two, which leaves option three, which is to compromise. And this can be the hardest to execute because it requires you to hold the tension between the competing values. But really, holding tension between things is kind of what it means to be a human. And we can do it. We actually kind of do it all the time. Because there's crazy stuff going on in the world. And we care about that. And we do what we can about it. But we also get up and make breakfast. And do regular things like go to work. So this option number three of the compromise is nothing to be afraid of. It just takes some intentionality. With the movie example... I could keep both values and just compromise a little bit on the way they're carried out. I could say, I'll watch a movie with you two nights a week, but the other nights I got to go to bed early. Or 
I could say, let's watch half the movie tonight and the other half tomorrow. And then I get to bed a little bit later, but not super late. I could find a way to keep both and make it work. So basically, when guilt shows up, all you need to do is identify the conflict and then either resolve the conflict or acknowledge that this is a conflict that's not going to be resolved. Because a lot of them are like that. And then you find a way to compromise or take turns or say two things can be true and hold that tension between them and go on. But any way you choose to address the conflict, you let go of the guilt when you're done. It's no longer needed. I created a flow chart to walk you through this process. It's called the magic guilt eraser for moms, but it works for anyone. You don't have to be a mom. If you would like to download a free copy of it, go to mollycash.com slash magic. That's Molly with a Y, cash like money. Each situation where you feel the guilt coming on is a little bit different. And so the flow chart kind of walks you through, um, is it this kind of conflict? And if so, then it takes you to this question. If not, this other question. And it just kind of helps you through. I can't promise that it covers every single scenario, but I think it gets most of them. And if you try working through your guilt with this flowchart and you can't quite get there, I would love to help you personally. Um, this is on the flowchart as well, but if you go to mollycash.com guilt, you can book a free guilt release session with me. Helping people let go of their guilt is one of my favorite things to do. And I'm really good at it. So if you struggle with this, hit me up. Let's chat. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Take care.